0: This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Top five dark horse Heisman candidates, and one of these is not going to be a dark horse for very long, but uh, I did want to uh, throw on a list since he was not... Uh, someone who I think you would have put on there at the beginning of the year. But um, we'll start out at the bottom, uh, number five, Ashton Jalot from Louisville. He's a defensive tackle. He is tearing it up. He wrecked shop against Notre Dame uh, last week and put himself in that, like, in the perfect world where we're actually saying football player and not, uh, you know, quarterback or quarterback. running back, or maybe a wide receiver, this is a dude. Uh, I We watched a little bit of the Louisville game the other night uh, in here, and I came away really impressed with what Jeff Rahm is doing. I don't know what the rest of their season has in store for them, but they play a brand of football that's physical. They, they're they not messing around. They're probably going to be a little up and down on offense because they've got some playmakers. Their quarterback is is good plumbers good he's fine he's fine he's yeah. fine he's not like you know um, he's
1: not gonna be on this list paul no he's yeah. not
0: gonna be on this list but uh that i think of the guys that stood out to me uh, Ash and Jalat did the other night
1: jawar jordan at running yeah. back and yeah they got they got some playmakers but uh yeah i mean congrats to him on getting the mention he'll have no chance to win this no, award but that's but, why it's dark no horse. you're right you're right that uh, he at least deserves a little bit of love and defenders deserve some love and um, yeah, has got a handful of sacks already on the year, and Louisville's been a nice little uh, story here so far. I'm happy for our friend uh, Alexis Cubit that she's getting to yep. cover uh, this team. Um, and she, before that, she was with Clemson. Clemson. So yeah. She's, I mean, kind of mm-hmm. getting spoiled. Well, here, and if she was here in Waco, she was covering a pretty good Baylor team, I think, for the yeah, most so, part. So. I don't know. Somebody needs
0: to hire Alexis full-time. Yeah. In their city now, because Clemson's dipped since a, Alexis I'm call, left. I'm calling a rule. They just left.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> yeah um, Man, he, is he not made, though, for Big Ten football, like yeah, the win the other yeah, night? I mean, yeah. that was Big Ten football of, you know, yep. screw scoring 30 points. We're just going to no,
0: get in the mud and – I. I When we do talk to him, I, I can't wait to say, like, knowing him the way that we do. I saw a couple shots of the sideline early in that game where you could see the look on his face was like, as long as we win this game by one point, right. I want Illinois to know <clears throat> where they were, yeah. like what happened. Yeah, that was the the gift of the physical uh, there. Number four, even though they took a loss, uh, I'm leaving Cam Ward on my Dark Horse Heisman list. I think he's good enough to where he can – uh, get Washington State right back in the conference discussion, especially after some more, you know, cannibalization of right. in in the Pac-12. I think he's going to keep him right back in there. He also has the, um, I'll just call it the RG three ability to make those plays for a school that was. Nobody thought RG3 was a Heisman candidate legitimately when the season started when he won it. You know, you would have said like... No, he wasn't. Yeah, and so Cam Ward is kind of like that in that, you know, you're not going to talk about Heisman winners at at Washington State just like you weren't talking about Heisman winners at Baylor. And so he can maybe be in that category where if he has that Heisman moment in a game that keeps them in the conference race late, I wouldn't be surprised to see him sneak up some boards because the dude is really, really good and fun to watch.
1: Yeah, no, he's a blast to watch and... I think, unfortunately for him, uh, they have a a crop of other Heisman contenders in that conference alone, and so even if he's really, really good and better than most, he's still like, number three in that conference or number four, depending on which week week you're talking about or number two or whatever. But yeah, had a little bit of a rougher game against UCLA with a couple of turnovers. That was a, a tough loss for them, but they're still very much in the mix, like you said. And quite frankly, their schedule is very manageable. I mean, Arizona's been, they've been a plucky team, so that that's not a given by any means. That'll be an interesting game for them um, coming up this weekend, uh, but then you got the big road trip to Oregon. That's an opportunity for him to have a you know a Heisman moment potentially, or at least a big game on that resume. And then I think it's you know kind of manageable, but they close out with Colorado and then Washington on the road. So yeah, some big games remaining for him to make more of a mark. But he definitely deserves some love. Yeah, absolutely. I also um, I hope that I'm
0: doing this list next year and add the name. I wanted to throw this out there because he's a really fun player to watch from Arizona State. Is Cameron Scadaboo.
1: Yeah. I, I like yeah. I like saying that name.
0: Yeah, yes, just, I do. You like it's just like Louisville? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's uh anyway. But number three from the major program but plays the wrong position to get votes for whatever reason category, Brock Bowers. Um uh, maybe the most individually dominant player at any position in college football. Like there is not I mean, maybe Caleb Williams is as dominant at quarterback as Brock Bowers is a tight end, but there's like, when you look at, there's a really good tight ends around the country. The, the position's changing a little bit, right? Um, you're asking them to do more. This guy is such a unicorn. Like even Kyle Pitts, who played for Florida a couple years ago, that's what I was didn't, thinking of yeah. Didn't didn't really do the things that Brock Bowers is doing right now. He is that good of a player and should be in the Heisman discussion all year long, but there's an old segment of voters are like, "Well, he's just a tight end." No, no, no. He's just an effing monster. Yeah, he's That's a, he's a he That's what he is. He's a
1: dude. He's yeah. a dude. No, he's an absolute stud, uh, future first-rounder, future lottery guy. I know the lottery's not in the NFL draft, but I still, you know, apply yeah. that to those top picks. Um But, yeah, he's incredible to watch. And just make sure you sit down and watch him at some point and just enjoy that that freak of nature exists in this great game that we love called college football. And there's a lot of other – freaky, super talented guys, but he is definitely this season and really the past, you know, as long as he's been suiting up for the dogs, he's been one of those guys in college football. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, if the draft were today, the New England Patriots would have the sixth pick. Now, they probably really need to look at their quarterback situation, but let's just assume that Drake May and Caleb Williams are off the board by pick six, which you would think they would be, mm, right. and that nobody else sure. is maybe in the top ten range as quarterbacks go.
1: Caleb Williams is going... W- w- number yeah. one overall. Yeah. It he, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would go,
0: like, retroactively in the draft. <laughs> right, and, right, right. If the worst team could make that happen. But, yeah, because Caleb Williams and Drake May are gone. Those guys are be top ten. You're telling me that even with quarterback issues, that Bill Belichick could say no to him? Mm. That's a Belichick dream yeah. right there.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that would be tempting. I think, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that would be tempting, but it just, let's see how the Patriots season plays out yeah. a bit more with Mac Jones and how that, all that works together. But, no, you're – I mean, he's going to be – Whoever gets him is going to be super happy on draft day. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, and they better be creative. Like, Georgia has been creative with him in the offense for the last couple years. Number two, probably off the Dark Horse list, but was not a guy that you thought about at the beginning of the year. But after that win, Dylan Gabriel had his Heisman moment, for sure. Um, He, You know, if he continues to go on and you look – back and say well what was his Heisman moment one minute and 16 seconds left against Texas and took them down the field and won the game uh so yeah this is this is someone in and I do feel a little bit Craig and correct me if I'm wrong if that Oklahoma fans were kind of ho-hum about him you know because they've got Jackson Arnold coming through the ranks and like oh yeah it's fine we have Dylan Gabriel yeah uh, you know I- he's
1: I think, like for one, the fan base is spoiled with quarterbacks yeah. the last few years. But I do think, in comparison to Caleb Williams, yeah, yeah. it's a little bit of a step down. But you know, I, I just think that really mostly it was there was just so many other questions around him too, you know, and and that contributed. But yeah, I don't I don't know that anybody had him as a Heisman favorite per se. No, uh, maybe some people did, and if they did, kudos to you. Um, but I think he's definitely in that top grouping now um, after Saturday and. Uh, you know, if they were somehow pull that off and win another Heisman and do it post Riley and do it with a quarterback and, and all that would be the guy who replaced Caleb Williams, that would be pretty incredible. But yeah, he's firmly in the mix. He had a, a great showing and has been pretty good all year long.
0: Yep. And number one, Mazoo's Luther hmm. Burden. He is just catching passes and catching passes. Brady Cook is, if I did a most improved players in the country list, Brady Cook might be number one. Uh, I have to do a little bit more research on that, but. Uh, before the senior we had uh, Graham Bronstein here all summer uh, just lamenting their quarterback situation, and Brady Cook's been really fantastic for them. Uh, fighting through injuries, playing tough, uh, and part of the reason he's been fantastic is Luther Burden is – um, a guy that most people in the country probably didn't, didn't know about. But when you catch like 11, 13, 14 passes in games like he's been doing, you're going to put your name on the map. And he's a huge reason why Mizzou is in the spot they are in now, which Garrett says, thankfully,
1: 5-1 and one and not 6-0. and oh. Yeah, no, he's been incredible. Hundred yard games in every game except for their opener. Um, just been absolute nails, and uh, not enough obviously versus LSU. But he he made his impact felt against LSU. He won the reason they lost that football game. So yeah, he's he, he had ninety six in the opener, and since then 117, 114, 177, one seventy seven, one forty, and one forty nine. Those are his totals, and uh, in the last three games, double digit catches. So they're leaning on him hard, and you know what you. Pony up and get a, a big-time five-star playmaker like that. That's exactly what you want that guy to be doing, and that's what they can now point to in the future and say, like, see what a difference this guy made for us and, and, and you know, use that as ammunition and recruiting in the future. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, a guy from, uh, from, you know, a big recruiting background who's, you know, paying dividends for the Tigers and is um, – home state school and he's an exciting guy to watch if you haven't seen him already which i'm sure most have that that watch this show but yeah he's really really good was his final two uh missouri and ou was that i I believe so i think it might have been yeah 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 i believe so
0: this has been a rogue media network production